Good evening, I'm here at UEA Drama Studio with John Boyne, author of The Boy in the Striped Pyjamas and many other novels, and his latest book is The Absolutist, which was published uh, earlier this year. John, welcome to Norwich. Welcome back to Norwich, indeed. Um, The Absolutist is partially set in Norwich, um, though back in 1919. What was it that led you to set it here? Well, I was a student um, at the University of East Anglia in um, 1994, 95, and then 10 years later I was back here teaching. So I've always felt um, a real affinity to the city. It's where my writing career really began. Mm-hmm. And uh, ever since I started writing novels, I've, I've looked for an opportunity to write one partly set or fully set in Norwich. And with this particular novel, The Absolutist, I knew that half the novel was going to take place in an English city, an English town. And I thought, well, here's my chance. <laughs> and I know the city, I know the streets. So um, it, it wouldn't take as much research as somewhere else. Yeah, it's really interesting as well because it, it kind of, the more I read of it, the more I realised that although it's incredibly prominently set in Norwich, you know, you, you recognise the streets, you recognise the cafes and bars, it's kind of incidental to the plot. It doesn't have a big driving force to kind of what happens, which I guess is quite useful in a novel which is about the drama of World War One. Yeah, well, it's a bit similar to um, the nature of writing a historical novel that you don't want to wear your research mm. on your sleeve and you don't want it to become a... You don't want the research to seem obvious and you don't want the setting to seem like it's all about that because it's it's not. I mean, it's a novel about you know, people. It's about human emotions. Um, so, you know, that's, what's, that's what you want uh, the reader to be focusing on the most. Mm. And I read in an article, I think, on, in the Times a couple of weeks ago, um, you're talking about this is one of the first book that you really feel like you've put yourself into... Mm. Um, book is this is that did you feel like you have a, a real connection to this one yeah I think I mean I, I made a decision about 10 years ago to to write novels which were really removed from myself in any way that to purely use my imagination um, and I think as I've grown more confident as a writer and more experienced I've start, I've wanted to to change that slightly mm. so I suppose with this novel yeah using a using a setting that uh, was familiar to me using um, experiences emotionally which are familiar to me uh, was a way of um, I suppose reaching inside myself and exploring um, exploring my own personality my own emotions in a way that I haven't done in previous novels and kind of moving on to the big drama of the book which is the harrowing world of the p- chapters that alternate with Norwich starting in Aldershot in um, a training camp for soldiers being sent to World War One, and then in the trenches in um, in the First World War, um, and you don't, certainly don't spare any details of it. It's quite a quite a quite a um, it, it assaults you the the details. Um, why do you think kind of wars and drama really draw our attention continually? Well, I think uh, for me the the issues of loyalty and bravery and friendship, uh, which are very much to the fore in in wartime settings are themes which I have come back to time and again in my books. Each of them, I think, in some way explores the issues of of loyalty and friendship. And um, I suppose you don't don't get that uh, any any deeper than you do when, you know, men are fighting for each other's lives. Uh, So, you know, in the trenches of Northern France in the First World War, people are they're relying on each other, you know, for for just daily survival. So I was able to to use that, um, that quite a bit. Uh, I mean, I've only written two novels set in, the, set in wars, one in the Second World War and now one in the First World War, but uh, it's, it's something which continues to interest, I suppose. There's 
there's a lot of fiction about the First World War as there is about the Holocaust. But uh, I think as a writer, you, you, you find a new subject in it. You find a new way to approach it and to, to tell the story in a, in a different way. Mm. Um, and the title, The Absolutist, an absolutist was someone who point blank laid down the guns and refused to can't make any contribution to the war effort, yeah. not even to be a stretcher bearer, <laughs> which was basically tantamount to a death sentence, as you say. Um, what was doing the research for that bit of it, of it like? Did you have to kind of do a lot of research to look at the um, other records of yeah. absolutists? Very few. I mean, most of my research was, was really through the letters of the soldiers at the trenches and trying to get into the psychology of the characters and their voices and how it would feel to be in that situation. And also the tone, how in the letters that I read, um, hundreds of them, how the tone would change from first arriving in France to the point where your friends start to be killed. And I was trying to get that in. Um, there's not an awful lot written about conscientious objectors or absolutists. So a lot of that I was really just having to, to make up, you know, to imagine what it was like. Um, I mean, uh, one of the, the great um, continuing dramas of the First World War is the fact that conscientious objectors, their names are not included on monuments to the dead. So, you know, their histories have been uh, have been pushed under the carpet quite a bit in the in the century between then and now. Yeah, um, and there's one quite poignant moment um, where Marion, in a conversation with um, Tristan, says um, that she doesn't like novels because none of the stories ever happened. Mm-hmm. Um, which is quite a, it, it really stands out in a book about World War One and um, the fact that these stories, although the people may not have happened, the setting is so real yeah. and so. Um, prominent. What do you kind of? What do you think is the dif- Where do you think the boundaries lie between fact and fiction when when you're talking about? Well, I think from from Marion's perspective, the experience that she has gone through has left her with little time for for stories. That the world uh, is dramatic enough without making things up, and she certainly feels that people um, are ignoring the sacrifice her brother made and um, ignoring his death, and uh, wants people to recognise that. So. You know, a, a literary fellow coming from London to Norwich for the day, talking to her about books, about um, uh, you know Jack London, the, the White Fang, which he's reading, is is not something that she is particularly interested in at all. You know, she she reads politics, she reads histories, she reads biographies. She feels that um, until people start confronting the realities of what has happened over the previous few years, uh, there will be no uh, resolution to the subject. Mm. And she wants to be not. A, and she's she's a, she's a powerful woman who's a yeah. feminist, doesn't she? She wants to be a doctor, not a nurse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I wanted to create a female. I wanted to create a strong female character, uh, somebody who was almost better than their time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marion certainly, if she was alive today, would would have m- m- more opportunities available to her. And um, she doesn't have those opportunities in 1919. And indeed, as when when uh, she mentions that she would like to go into the medical profession, and Tristan says, "Oh, you could be a nurse." Mm-hmm. Her immediate response is, "I could be a doctor." Uh, and why not? Yeah, yeah, and and then they have the discussion about kind of whether it's you know, men being privileged to be allowed to go to war. Yeah. And Tristan hates, you know, doesn't think it's a privilege. Obviously, it's not. Well, it's and two different perspectives of, yeah. because Marion would have liked to go, um, but but she's not stupid enough to think that it was a lark. She has seen the result. She's working with servicemen coming back from the war. She sees um, how troubled they are, how how, how traumatized they are. And she has lost her brother during it, so she's not stupid, but she's, um, but she would have liked to have played her part at the same time. Fantastic! Thank you very much for talking to us today, okay. John. Thank you. Um, yep, the absolutist is now available on hardback. Um, John Point, thank you for coming to Norwich, and we'll look forward to your event later. Thank you.